Welcome to the Love All Sales Podcast. This is the first episode of hopefully thousands. And I want to share with everyone who I am and why I started a podcast. My name is Brent Lovall. I turned 40 a few months ago. I got in sales when I was 18. So I knew back then that I wanted to get in sales. I've done different types of sales for 22 years. I am from Louisville, Kentucky. When I graduated high school, I knew college was not for me. I knew that I wanted to start making money and I wanted to get in sales. So I had a friend, Michael Borum, who was working for a trade company, a trade uh, show company, where this trade school... They taught heavy equipment operators, they taught plumbing, HVAC, electricians. So what would happen is people would uh, call into the place of work and they would say, I want to go to HVAC school. I want to do, I want to learn heavy equipment operating. And most of these people that were calling in did not have the money for $10,000, $15,000 to go to school. They just didn't. And... A lot of them didn't have the credit to get approved for a student loan. So what I would have to do and others would have to do is we would have to talk these individuals, their family members, their loved ones into co-signing for them alone so they can better themselves, so they can go to a school to pick up a real craft that could help them create and get into a career versus just a normal dead-end job. And I remember going in there my first month, I absolutely crushed it. And what I believe made me successful is my mentality, is, is part of it, where I always thought from a very young age that I was going to be highly successful. I always knew I wanted to do sales. I always knew that I wanted more out of life. I want the finer things. I'll do, I'll work hard to get them. So I had the mentality, plus I had the habits because I'm a hard worker. I am willing to bust my butt to make a better living than most other people who just go to a nine to five job. And I believe that's what makes me successful even to this day. But especially back then, I didn't have the skill set didn't know anything really about like closing and but I had the right mindset and I had the right habits meaning working hard so right out of the gate I crushed it and a lot of other salespeople got jealous because they seen this individual 18 19 years old coming in just guns blazing just killing it and a lot of people came to me, other salespeople that are, you know, been doing it for years, decades, and told me to calm down, chill out. You're making us look bad. Did I pay attention to that? Absolutely not. I pushed harder and harder and harder. Why? It's because I wanted to make a name for myself. I wanted the managers, the owners to be like, who is this person? And it worked. Uh, talked to several owners there and managers fell in love with me because I made them look good. I was crushing it. And it made me really enjoy the sales profession. It gave me my first real taste of making decent money. You know, I worked a factory job when I was 16, making like seven bucks an hour, nothing special. Uh, sold some drugs and you know, I thought that I knew what decent money was, but that's when I started making, you know, working at that trade show company, um, you know, five, six, seven thousand dollars a month. I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was around those numbers. And that was my first real taste of sales. And this is 22 years ago. So, you know, back then making five, six, seven thousand dollars being 18, 19 years old, you know, I thought I had everything. 
I was living home with my parents. That allowed me to uh, buy my dream car, the Cadillac Eldorado. It was silver, the North Star engine. Absolutely thought I was like just just everything. I thought I was it, you know. And um, and then the Cadillac Escalades came out. Then I bought one of those, um, pearl white, beautiful car. And you know, I absolutely that gave me my first real taste of sales and the lifestyle that it could provide me. So I loved it even back then. And it that ended. I did it about two years where I remember, because a lot of the managers, they were friends of the owner's son, so they got jobs just handed to them. Most of them were lazy, drug drug addicts, um, no sales skills, terrible, and here I am, and they were making more than me, and it just rubbed me the wrong way, so I, I remember going up to them and telling them that if they did not make me a manager so I could make more money, I was going to leave. And I don't think they believe that this young individual making good money was going to walk out, but I did. I walked out and I remember not remembering what I was going to do. So I drove home to my mom's house. That's where I was staying. And I got the newspaper. Yes, that shows my age where... Uh, back then, pretty much everybody got the newspaper, and I remember looking in the classified ads and coming across a job listing that says, do you want to make over $100,000? Absolutely. $100,000? Definitely. And then it also says, are you willing to stick to a proven system and not reinvent the will? Absolutely. I'll do anything I can to earn that. So absolutely. So I remember calling the number. And Stan, an individual named Stan, picked up the phone, and I set an appointment for an interview. And I grew up in the south side of Louisville, which is not the best of sides of Louisville to you know grow up in or a good part of town. And his office where I needed to go was East Louisville, and I've always you know that's where the money is. I just was like, oh, I'm I'm going to make it if I'm going to go out there. Absolutely, it just it you know going out there to nice, huge homes, it just makes you feel better, or it did me at least. So I remember going out there, meeting Stan in person, and having a very good conversation. From the moment I met him, I knew that this is the person that could help me. The way he conducted himself, the way he talked, the way he inspired me, he sold me. And he said, he handed me a book and said, go home call me and read me the script. And if I like you, I'll give you a job. And I'm thinking, heck yeah, I'm about to get a job making a hundred grand a year. Um, so I went home and I remember going over the script and a few things just didn't sound like me. So I started changing a few words here, a few words there. And then I called him, staying on the phone and I went over the sales pitch, the script, and he said, that's not in the effing script. Call me back when you effing get it right. Click. And I don't like when people talk down to me. I do not like that. That's one of my biggest pet peeves, a lot of people's pet peeves. But when I grew up in high school and middle school, I remember so many teachers telling me I'm not going to amount to anything. You know, I was a wild individual I, and I just had so many people tell me, you ain't going to amount to nothing. And, you know, I remember almost getting in a fist fight with a teacher, a male teacher in high school, because he said that he was better than me and it rubbed me the wrong way. You know, I believe we all put our pants on the same. Yes, certain people are worth more because they have certain skills, but we're all the same, you know, and, and I still believe that today. You know, my skills makes me more valuable to a company, but in all essence, we're, we're, we're the same. So I remember that. So when he said that to me, like I had to suck it up and just, just swallow it. So I did that and I called Stan on the phone 15 minutes later and he said, you got the job. Be there Monday morning. Do not be late. Click. And I was just super pumped up, super, super happy to get started. And we were selling investments over the phone. 
So I thought because of my success in the trade school that I would go out there and selling over the phone and just crush it. That was not the case. Like it, that was not the case at all. It took me about three months to get my first sale. Three months. But the owners of that place, Stan himself, seen so much potential in me. And also because I outworked everybody. I was terrible, but I outworked everybody. And also I was a sponge. Anything that he said, I would try. So to back it up, when I first started there, one of the things that we had to do is we had to call. He, his goal was always 300 calls a day. That's right, 300 calls a day. And this is before automatic dialers where you could just click a button and it automatically dials it. Back then, it was called dialing for dollars, pounding plastic, like bah, 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 bah. That's what you had to do. And my philosophy was, because he said that, you know, it'd take 300 calls a day to be successful. So every single day, my goal was to make four, five, six hundred calls a day. And I did that day after day after day because I wanted to get successful as fast as humanly possible. Now, the music that you heard introducing me in the podcast, the money, 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 I remember that every single morning Stan would play that song for our morning meeting. And I remember so many other salespeople making twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a month or more. So so many, and, and I seen this with my own two eyes. So I knew if they could do it, I could do it. So many people have the wrong perspective in life, or they get jealous, or you know, hate on that individual. It just lets me know that it's possible. It, it, it puts a burning desire in me that I need to get that good as fast as I can because I want to do that as well. So what we did, and, and Stan, Stan taught me this, and I still do it today, is the one thing that anybody can do in sales, and it will get you so much faster to the finish line, to getting better, and that is taping yourself. What we will do every single day at 1 o'clock, right after lunch, 1 o'clock, every single day, Monday through Friday, we would go into a conference room with a huge circle table, and Stan would sit right there on the, like in the middle, on the side, and I remember all of the salespeople always hated going into this meeting. I always personally sat right next to Stan and what we would do in this meeting is we would always record our sales calls, our presentations. And we recorded them on a pod, or on a cassette tape. That shows how old I am, cassette tapes. And I remember I would, he would always start off the meeting, who would like to go first? And I was always the first person. So many people looked at it where, you know, he was giving constructive criticism but I always looked at it where he's telling me how I need to become, you know, doing certain things to become better, to become phenomenal. So I was always the first person that would hand him my cassette tape. And I remember that, you know, he would just tell me, you know, he would start it off and he would stop it. Start, stop. And he was like, Dad, that you, you, you lost him right there. Or you did a great job right there. Do you see how you made a smile? You see how, that, how you made that customer smile? And, and did you notice how he responded after you made him smile? You had his attention. Stan taught me so many things that I still teach today to people. One of the things, if you're on the phone and you're calling individuals, they don't know you or even if they know you, how to get someone's attention in the first five seconds. You need to use their name, the prospect's name. You need to say it three times in the first five seconds to gain their attention for about 10 or 12 seconds. At that point of the time, right after that, you better come strong again to earn the right to continue the conversation. And if you can keep earning the right to tell a little bit more, a little bit more, you know what? 
at the end of 10, 15, 20 minutes on the phone, you've done an awesome job. If you was able to get in contact with somebody, co-call them and keep them on the phone for that long. I was taught the law of averages, law of numbers. And what I mean by that is, so Stan would always tell me it's 10%, the 10% rule, where if you call 300 people a day, 10% of those 30 people, that's how many people you're going to get in contact. Of those 30 30 people, 10% are going to show an interest, meaning only three. Those three people are going to show an interest and you're going to mail out your brochure to that individual or those individuals and then you're going to call those back and give presentations and ask them for the money, meaning to get send you a check for $20,000, $50,000, $100,000, a couple hundred thousand dollars. So I was always taught the law of averages and you know when I was growing up, I was not this outgoing individual. I was not. I was... Um, a very shy individual, unless I knew you then, you know, like most kids where you talk to anybody and I, I, I'm not the way that I am now, uh, by not getting in sales, I would have stayed the same way. It pushed me outside of my comfort zone and I cannot think staying enough for that. You know, just talking about girls, I was always shy around girls. And then when you hear no, 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 no on the phone day after day after day after day, again, getting in contact with 30 people and only three of them being like, yes. So 27 people every day, 90% say no. So it taught me also how to just talk to girls. It's a numbers game. Go out there and, you know, so... I am this way because of sales. I am this way because of my mentor, Stan, and everything that he taught me. And just looking back, thinking, you know, 20 years ago, how he put me on the path to where I am today, it's just, it it, it brings a smile to my face. If you can hear it in this podcast and going forward, I'm going to video these podcasts so you all can also watch them as well as listen to them. But, you know, just thinking back that long ago, just that's when it all started. You know, that's, that's when, that's when I really fell in love with sales uh, calling, co-calling individuals, high net worth individuals worth millions of dollars. When I first started, I had a little kid's voice. Being 19, 20 years old, I, you're calling these 40, 50, 60 year olds and you're asking them for tens of thousands of dollars. Most of them, when I first started, they could hear my voice and knew they didn't want to give me money. So I worked on my voice, deepening my voice for months and months. But Stan taught me how to deepen my voice. And I, you know, if he told me to go through, to walk through that wall, that I would make it on the other side, I would try it. I tried anything and everything. And and speaking about that, something that I learned as well is be your own self. There was a salesperson, probably the greatest salesperson I've ever met in my life. His name is Colin, an Irish individual. And I remember he was the number one guy there making all of the money so, so smooth. And I tried to be like this person. I tried to use his word tracks and it just did not work for me. And it took me a while to just truly understand and just be me. And by being you, that's what made me so successful. Just be you. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to emulate somebody else. You know, what I can say and get away with, you might not be able to say at this part of your sales career. You need to be yourself and get people to like you. And, you know, there's so many things that I can help individuals do to get better, but that is one great piece of advice is just be yourself. Don't try to be anyone else. You know, if you see these people being extremely successful around you, yeah, pick up a lot of their stuff of what to do, what not to do, but uh, just be yourself. And, you know, I think that that is a great piece of advice that I can give you and share with you is just be yourself, love who you are, And I think that that will take you extremely far 
um, in sales and in life in general. Now, we I sold investments over the phone, oil and gas wells, uh, coal mines for right at 11 years, 11 and a half years. You all, a lot of people have seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street. Am I right? So that's what I did for about 11 and a half, 12 years. I ended up going to prison with numerous other people, salespeople from our organization, um, just like um, Jordan Belfort did, Wolf of Wall Street. I, we did pretty much the exact same thing. I am not proud of what I did back then. It, however, to look, I always try to look on the positive side of everything where that made me who I am. So I ended up going to prison for two years because of, you know, my past decisions, poor decisions. But yet again, I look at it where it made me who I am. It made me the salesperson. It made me just the overall positive, happy-go-lucky the person that can talk to anybody. So I am very fortunate that I met Stan he passed away years and years ago, but just everything, the time that he took to make me become me, I'll always be grateful for that. So went to prison for two years, got out, and been in the car business. The car business is extremely rewarding. I remember getting in the car business, a gentleman that I knew from my earlier years he was selling cars. His name is Eric. And when I got out of prison, when I uh, got in trouble, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had the utmost faith in my abilities because I had the mindset. I now have the skill set and I always have always had the work ethic. So those three ingredients, I know I can go anywhere in the world that speaks English and make an extremely good living because I have that much confidence in myself and my abilities. So, you know, the government took every single penny away from me, took my cars, the condos, they took everything. The only thing I had was my skill set, my girlfriend, Stephanie, which is now my wife and mother of my two beautiful children plus my family, direct family. And that's something in itself. When you go to prison, you find out who your real friends are. I did not have one single friend come and visit me in prison. And that's the truth. My family, my wife, Stephanie, those people are the ones that hold you um, the closest and they let you know it's going to be okay. So we'll talk about you know, all of those details in a different episode, but to get back on it, uh, got arrested and started selling cars. The car industry is so rewarding. And here I am, I used to sell an intangible asset like oil and gas wells, coal mines to people. And, and I would do that and they never met me, never would meet me. And here I am selling a tangible asset like a car. It's the easiest thing in the world. I, I started in the middle of the month, I think it was the 16th, and by the end of the month, I was the top person there. I think I sold right at around 20 cars. The general manager there just got married, and he was on a two-week honeymoon. So when he came back, I remember him coming up. His name was Tim. He came up and introduced himself. He said, you know what? I only missed two weeks, and here I am coming back, and I got a new top salesperson. And me and him really got along. There was a lot of managers there that absolutely loved me. Again, salespeople for the most part have always hated me because of my drive and my success where someone coming in, no experience and just killing it. But, you know, it doesn't bother me. I, I've always just wanted to push myself to make a good living, to have the finer things in life. So I sold cars for years and years and years I uh, ended up running a Ford dealership, and that was so rewarding. I ended up being a salesperson, worked up to an internet manager where uh, I would do front and back, answer the leads. I developed a process, an internet process 
that helped us close at record high numbers. Still to this day, you know, 12 to 18 percent on average is what I would always close internet percentages. And my process that I developed to reach those reach those numbers are stellar. Most car dealerships they close you know eight nine percent ten percent above average you know so I'd always close twelve to eighteen percent which is phenomenal and I'm not tooting my own horn I'm just telling you the facts. So I uh, ended up having the opportunity to run a four dealership and. The month before I got there, they sold right out, I think, 57, 58 cars. I'm a numbers person. So what I did was, is I understood looking at their previous months, how many people came on the lot and what percentage of people closed. I came up with, I said, you know what, we're going to sell 100 cars our first month. And everybody thought that I was absolutely nuts and I mean crazy, they sold not even 60 cars, and I'm going to almost double that. The, the dealership was has been in business for 40 years and never done that. And here I am, some young individual, 38 years old, 39 years old, saying that we're going to put up these numbers that they've never seen before. And I'm happy to announce we didn't hit 100 but we sold right at 90 cars. I think it was 87 or 89 cars, something like that. The second month that I was there, we sold 100 cars. And I couldn't have done it without a phenomenal team. You know, just like a coach, the coach should never take all of the praise. It always goes back to the team. And that is my, I've trained a lot of salespeople in my life, how to sell intangibles over the phone, when I operated a uh, and ran the internet department at a Volkswagen dealership, a gentleman, John Hunt, came in needing a job, no sales experience. And I trained him, you know, a lot of days he hated me uh, because I pushed and pushed and pushed this individual. You know, some people need pushing more than others. I've never been the one that I've needed a push, you know, but... Uh, he needed pushing, uh, and he's never done sales before, you know. So I pushed him, and I still stay in contact with John today. He's running uh, the Volkswagen's internet department, and from my understanding, he's still doing very good. So I wish him the best. But um, yeah, so going back to it, second month we sold right at a hundred cars, and what I really the you know I took a pay cut going to Ford. And when I say a pay cut, when I was selling cars, I was making $25,000, almost $50,000 a month, depending upon how many cars I sold. Uh, consistently, I was selling 50, 60 cars. You know, when I first started at the Volkswagen dealership, you know, I was selling probably in the 30s, and then I got to the 40s. And then I figured out how to sell more and more and more, and that's to retain your customers. And I can go all into that, and I'll do it on a different episode. But you know, so I was killing it, making a lot of money selling cars. And the owner of the dealership said, you're going to take a pay cut running the dealership, but think long-term. You're going to own a part of this dealership in the future if you do this for me. And I said, all right, cool. So I remember so many salespeople there, you know, before I got there, good months were 50, 60 cars. And I'll never accept mediocrity. I will never accept it for any of my salespeople. Anybody around me knows me that, you know, I'm here to win. And I'm here to win in a big way. So, so many people over there absolutely loved me, meaning the salespeople, because I would take all of the time in the world to nurture these individuals, to make them better. We would every single morning, train one another on rebuttals. And then after a customer left, if they didn't buy, or even if they did buy, I'd go over there to the salespeople and I would work with them on what should have happened, just like Stan worked with me many, many years ago. So one of my philosophies and one of my biggest pet peeves is I do not like 
anyone, any salesperson to let a prospect leave without talking to me. Again, why? Is because I have the utmost faith in my abilities to close. And we would close consistently after the third month I was there over 70%, meaning 70 people come on a lot out of 100, they're getting closed. And that is a stellar job for any dealership to close 70% or sometimes even higher. That's phenomenal. And I'm not, again, saying that to toot my own horn. I'm just stating the facts of what it took to become successful and to run that dealership um, to how we did that. Now, let's talk about the money aspect because a lot of the people listening to this podcast are in sales. So we would consistently average $5,000 front and back. Bad months, it was probably $4,200. On a stellar month, we were averaging $5,700, $5,800 a copy. And what that means is a copy is that's what we average front and back gross, not including packs, not including dock fees, not including service or anything else. We would average about $5K per vehicle sold. So do you think that the salespeople made a lot of money? The answer is yes. And they absolutely loved me. Now, there are several things that goes into that. And that is I would have and require all of my salespeople to make at least seven, 800 phone calls a month. I never will accept someone just coming to work, sitting there doing absolutely nothing. I remember so many people Salespeople that were there when I first got there to run it, they did not like how hard I pushed individuals. I sent them, all of the salespeople, to trainings because I wanted them to get better. I needed them to get better so we can sell more cars. Yes, you know, hearing it from one person is always great, but hearing it from multiple different trainers is a great thing to have. You know, a second voice helps. So, I believe in training. I believe in investing in your craft on a daily basis to make you better. Look of it this way. So many people go into sales and stay in sales and they're not prepared. And what I mean by that is when someone says to you, I'm not interested, do you have a couple different ways, not just one, but a couple different ways to overcome that? When a prospect says, I need to go home and talk to my wife about it, what do you say? The average person does not know. They say, okay, well, let me know what she says, and that's wrong. And that's why so many salespeople fail at sales and get out of the industry because they don't take the time to appreciate the art of the sale. They don't take time to invest in themselves. Like the car industry, I've got, roughly speaking, 60 rebuttals of what anything that a prospect can say, I have multiple different ways to overcome it. Selling over the phone, I've got over 100 closes of how to sell over the phone, meaning not in person, just over the phone. So if you're in telemarketing, selling insurance, selling whatever, if you're doing it over the phone, I can definitely help you. That is what I, you know, that. The, the selling over the phone is when I truly fell in love with sales and I love the sales. I've made millions of dollars using a phone to help me close deals, car business, selling investments over the phone. So the phone, if you need help on the phone, I promise you, I can definitely help you in person. Again, I can definitely help you, but selling on the phone is like, my passion. It sincerely is. It just, it brings back so many memories to me. So going to this dealership, this Ford place, we would consistently sell right around a hundred cars. We'd sell over 70% closing ratio. I would run the internet department and I taught them the process. We would always sell over 10%. I mean, we provided service and when I say service, I even built a kid's playroom that had like a PlayStation 3, all kinds of cool posters on the wall, bean bags, iPads in there. Because when you have parents come in with kids, I learned when I started selling cars that if they start acting up, what does the parents want to do? They want to leave. 
So you need to have something to entertain them. And even when I was selling cars, I'd have all I'd have all kinds of candy. I've had iPads. I'd have all kinds of stuff to entertain them. So when I ran the dealership, I was like, I'm getting a PS3. I'm getting this and that. And that's what I did. And it works. And then I even got like when parents, what do parents, most parents love coffee. So I had like a cappuccino machine. I'd always have freshly baked cookies that my wife would make, chocolate chip cookies. I have a huge sweet tooth, anybody that knows me. Have like these little uh, Buckeyes my wife would consistently make. And, you know, when someone walked in that dealership, they were blown away. I brought in all kinds of pretty flowers and the smell. You know, when you walk into a place, especially a dealership, it needs to feel like home. And that's what I delivered at this dealership. And so many people absolutely loved it. The salespeople, even to this day, I can call any of those salespeople and they will agree that I helped them make a ton of money. I pushed them and I taught them a lot of things, but we made an extremely good living doing that. Now, I got out of the car business March of this year, or I should say 23 because now it's 24, I got out of the business not knowing what I wanted to do. Didn't know at all. Had some money saved. So what I did, me and my family, me and my wife and two beautiful daughters traveled the U.S. Just going anywhere we wanted to go. Spent a lot of time because then it was March and not the warmest in the Kentucky area or up north. So first thing we did was uh, we went out there and see my dad. He lives out there in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then... We went all the way down the East Coast, all the way to Key West, Florida. We took off six months just traveling everywhere, D.C., Missouri. We went all kinds of cool places, learning about history and, you know, the wine uh, tour in uh, Virginia. We did so much fun stuff in it. You know, we, we love animals. My family and my uh, wife included, we love animals. We visited a ton of aquariums, zoos. And, you know, if you look on my Facebook page, you would see that uh, always been an, uh, an animal person, had dogs growing up, and it's just amazing. You know, I got a golden doodle now. Best dog ever has been a Jack Russell. Her name was Remy. Called her the bullet because she was so fast. So, you know, love animals, got out of it, and we traveled for six months not knowing really what I wanted to do. And the joy teaching individuals at that Ford dealership is what put me on the path to doing what I'm doing now. I hired Bradley's Lightspeed Company to host my training platform. And what I say training platform, I mean is I am going to, I've already filmed 110 videos, how to sell over the phone, and this covers everything, how to get past gatekeepers, how to close deals. Uh, It goes in depth, 110 videos. I think it's over seven hours of content of videos to watch. And these right there are going to tell you and teach you how to sell over the phone, how to get control, everything. And then part of it also is going to be car dealership, how to sell in person. It's also going to be the service department. It's going to be everything. So I've taken great pride in what I've do And I loved helping those salespeople at Ford. There's one individual, and I still stay in contact with him today. His name is Chris Lopez. Super good guy. He was working manual labor when I first met him. And now, uh, something that drove me nuts with this individual, the first when he started, he didn't know anything about sales. He would literally let people go on the lot because he, for whatever reason, just didn't want to do a TO. And every single time he'd let somebody go, I'd go over there, sit him down in a nice, constructive way. And I'm like, this is what you got to do, man. And we worked every single day on him getting better. And now, uh, last month, he was the number one salesperson at the Ford dealership, still crushing it. And I'm extremely proud of that individual. He goes out with me one time a month. I always host a $100 tip dinner where for, and this will be the fourth month coming up on January 9th of this month, where me and friends, pretty much everybody in the car business, where we get together and we all tip $100 to a waiter or waitress. 
and it's a very rewarding feeling handing someone. I think uh, all three months so far, it's been like seven or eight hundred dollars. When you hand someone that type of money, and they're not expecting it, it's amazing. I think this will be the first month. Um, month four, where we'll have probably 13 people, 12 people. So we're going to give out over $1,000, hand-deliver cash to somebody. And giving back is so rewarding. So I highly encourage anybody listening to this podcast, you know, even if it's 20 bucks, 50 bucks, get together with some of your friends and do something like that. Tag me in the post. It, it is so rewarding where last month the lady almost cried. It was just, you know, single mom working at a waitress, working at a restaurant and hand her this money. And that was like a week before Christmas. That's life changing. And that's what I want to do is change lives. I want to train so many people. You know, I believe in goals. I believe in having a ton of goals. And that's what pushes you. You don't have to accomplish every goal. It's it's the person that you become in the process so I want to give more back when I, the salespeople at Ford truly made me think about sales in a different way, and that is to teach people. I've taught a lot of people over the years, but that's what I'm committed to now. Now I'm committed to helping anybody listening to this podcast, anybody that follows me on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I want to give out so much value you know, I killed it in sales my entire career. Imagine if you have that person helping you get better in sales. Are you going to get better? The answer is absolutely. Yes, you are with, without a doubt. So you have someone like me willing to help you. It's a no-brainer. I promise you, I give you my word, I will help you become better in many different areas, not just sales, but many different areas in your life. And that's what I'm committed to now. So I'm very excited to start the sales training company. That's why I started uh, the podcast and the sales training company. You know, I love reading books. Kind of go off on it for a second. I love reading books. I've been reading uh, at least two books a month for 20 years now. That's something that Stan taught me as well is keep investing in yourself and keep your mind sharp. You know, people that write books, authors, authors, they spend 20, 30, 40 years of their life and they condense it into a book. And, you know, and that's a couple hundred pages. So if you can literally, by me doing a training program, me doing podcasts, adding all kinds of value to your life, you're going to avoid so many headaches that I had to go through, that other people had to go through. And that's what it's all about is to getting to where you want to go in a quicker time period, if that makes sense. So I love reading books. The one I'm reading right now, I haven't read it in probably 10 plus years, is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That individual is a master of relationship selling. That is what I do, and it's very different than a lot of other people. So many people just want to sell what they're selling, and that's wrong. So many times... The person that knows the most, meaning product knowledge, is not the top salesperson at the company. The top salesperson at the company is usually the person that is great with people. I am phenomenal with people. I can build a relationship so fast, and, and, and it's a genuine relationship where they know that I am sincerely interested in that individual. I take tons of great notes. And it's just, you know, it's very rewarding by doing that. Now, the last book I read right before this one, I always liked sharing the books that I read, is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Convoy. That is an amazing, game-changing book. I already even have the next book that I'm going to read, and that is Limitless, Expanded Edition by Jim Quick. I recently, a couple months ago, went to a seminar out there in Salt Lake City, Utah. And that is when I came across Jim. And the stuff that he talked about, it, it literally made me want to know more about this individual. And that's the reason why I bought his book. It just came out. I pre-ordered it. And I haven't got it and read it, or I haven't read it yet. But I am super excited 
to learn what that individual has to offer. So going back to that, I love reading books. Uh, if you don't like reading books, then you know listen to audiobooks. I am just a fan of investing in yourself because it's a way that you can get better in a quicker time period. So that is why I do what I do is because I want to help more people. I love sales and I know that I can help anybody in sales. I, there was a gentleman the other day, I know nothing about the banking industry, and he texted me. He was like, hey, you got a quick minute to talk. I share my phone number all of the time over social media, and yes, it is the real phone number. I get a ton of prank calls uh, saying you're a good man, but this individual, he's young, uh, married, and he, I don't know anything about banking, and he said, you know what, can you help me? And I said, Absolutely. Uh, because again, I have confidence in myself and he uh, got him on the phone and I said, you know what, the first part, I don't know anything about banking, but I need you to just tell me about it and I'll come up with some ideas for you. And this individual shared with me probably 15, 20 minutes of the banking aspect of what he does. And I came out with a game plan and that individual, I promise you, if he sticks to it, he will get 52 more sales this year, and that is something that I know or I knew nothing about before that phone call. And at the end of it, I said, so what did you think of the phone call? Did I bring some value? And he said, absolutely. That, and we talked about 45 minutes. He said, that was amazing. 45 minutes, absolutely. And also helping an individual do insurance sales uh, for Family First, and he is crushing it right now as well. So no matter what industry you're in, I can help you come up with scripts. I can help you come up with rebuttals. If you want my uh, rebuttals, happy to give them to you free of charge. I can send you an email with them. And, and one thing that I highly encourage everyone to do, and I always, I'm a very organized individual. Anybody that knows me knows that um, at all given times, I am organized. I've got like when I sold as many cars as I did, I, as I did, I would have all kinds of Manila folders and I'd have them broke down into like uh, alphabetized and you know. But going back to it, this is what you need to do if you're in sales, and that is that you need to know what you're worth. And what I mean by that is just use an example that you make twenty thousand dollars a month, and I know you should hopefully be making more, but just say twenty thousand dollars a month. If you are working 200 hours a month, you need to keep track of that as well. Even if your company doesn't require you to, that breaks down to $100 an hour. You need to make it a goal where you next month make more than $100 an hour. And how do you do that? You got to track all of your numbers. You need to track how much money you make. You need to track how many hours you work. You need to track everything. You need to track your closing percentage. That's what made me understand sales so much is the numbers. And every month I made it a game where I wanted to get better at closing. I wanted to get better at more phone calls. I, I understood how many calls I would have to make in order to get a sale when I was selling investments over the phone. When I was selling cars, I knew that I would sell anywhere from 70 to 80% of the people that I got in front of. And, and how did I know that? It's because I kept track of everything. So if you're in sales, you need to track your numbers. Track your numbers like you are crazy. And that's going to tell you areas of weakness. That's going to tell you areas that you need to push yourself and get better at. And it's also going to tell you your strong suits. So please, please, please track your numbers. Know what you are worth and make it a game. You know, I'm a very competitive individual. So next month, if I made X number of dollars this month per hour, I know next month I want to make more than that. How do you do that? You got to track your numbers. So please track that and understand by just being yourself and pushing yourself in the right direction. But also keep in mind, I am not the person I am today without my mentor, Stan, teaching me and pushing me. I would love to be your mentor to teach you, to coach you, to push you in the right direction. You know, some days, and, and I still do this when I was selling cars, even when I was a manager, you know, you get some days you have bad days. And I would literally leave. If I was really bad, I would just leave. 
And, and it would drive the owner of the dealership who used to be a close friend of mine, it would drive him crazy, but he understood, you know, I worked 70, 80 hours a week. If I needed to go, I needed to go because the way I looked at it is, is that I'm going to do more bad than I'm going to do good because if I'm mentally checked out, then I'm not going to be as successful as I should be. Now, if I'm kind of off, I would literally just, I had a yoga mat in my office with a pillow and I would just take a 20, 30 minute nap, maybe 15 minutes sometimes. And anybody that knows me when I worked at a dealership knows uh, when my door is closed, you kind of see my feet underneath the desk. Don't come in there. Just leave me alone for 15, 20, 30 minutes. And some days I took naps even when I was okay because I'd get there at, you know, 5.45, 6 o'clock in the morning. I'd work 14 hours a day and just you push your body so much where me just mentally checking out for 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, it helped me. And then I wake up rejuvenated, rejuvenated, ready to roll. Anybody that knows me knows I've always got up extremely early. I don't drink coffee. I have a lot of energy. So that's like me waking up in the morning when I took a little cat nap, 15, 20 minutes, I'm ready to roll. So sometimes just mentally checking out, even if you have to go drive in your car for 15 minutes to come back, you know, do that and then come back ready to kill it. Now, I hope that introduced myself in a good way. I hope that answers your questions, why I started this podcast. Now, let's talk about 2024. I looked up a stat a couple days ago, and it literally amazed me. 9%, only 9% of Americans complete their New Year's resolution. That means out of 100 people, only 9, only 9 accomplish their goals, their New Year's resolution. 23% quit in the first week alone which is crazy. They give up that easily. If you're so close to accomplishing your goals, why do you quit so easily, so fast? 43% quit before February 1st starts. They quit in January. That means 66 people out of 100 quit before February 1st. You're giving up before the race is even really starting. I've never really understood why people, I mean, I do, but I don't understand why people give up so easily. The things that you want in life, it takes hard work to get there. If it was so easy, everybody would do it, but it doesn't work that way. You know, 25% of people quit throughout the year. Only 9% of people accomplish what they want to accomplish. And I've got a lot of goals for 2024. My company a lot of people are going to understand who we are this year. I am going to build something extremely powerful, and then I'm going to get my boy Nathan Ludwig to come and work for me. That is, when I when I got out of the car business, like I said, I traveled for a while. Then I realized what I wanted to do, and that is to create a sales training company and I did not get the instant gratification that I thought I would get because I know I'm good. And I mean that in the nicest and most humble way. But I kept beating myself up because I'd be making these videos and they didn't get that many views and they didn't get that many shares. And I just wasn't getting to where I wanted to go as fast as I wanted to go. And two people stuck by me more than anybody else. And that is my wife. She will always tell me the truth. She will always be honest with me. She will always push me in the right direction. She will always give me support and, you know, just you're, you're doing good. Just keep going. And then Nathan Ludwig. So many times we still talk on a daily basis and this individual was like, dude, you're doing great. Just keep it going. You've always been successful at whatever you do. Just keep it going. That is the individual when I start hiring for my company who I'm going to get. Now, let's talk about 2024 and how you're going to crush your goals. This is what you have to do. 
you have to define your goals. And when I say define, I mean you need to set clear, specific goals. What is your first step that you have to accomplish to get towards that one goal? You have to literally use that like it's a compass, like it's guiding you and the decisions you make on a daily basis, on an hourly or minute basis to keep you aligned with your core values. And the reason why I use the word core values you're going to get tested. People are going to give you the option where you could do a shortcut, but it's not the right thing to do. It's going to test your belief system. It's going to test your core beliefs. I am here to tell you, do not let them dangle the carrot and allow you to go make a bad decision because it's an impulse decision. Do not do that. You know, I believe in karma. I believe that you need to do more good things and things get rewarded to you because it's just karma. You know, if I give so much people value, it's going to come back to me. Yes, it's taken a little bit longer than I thought, but I'm committed. So somebody said this to me, not to me, but in a social media post years ago, and it stuck by me and just, I was like, whoa, that's, that's, that's good. It was Ryan Stuman. He said, if you wouldn't do it in front of a camera, then don't do it. Meaning if you're about to do something shady and you wouldn't do it in front of a camera so all kinds of people could see it, then don't do it. And just the next time you're about to make a decision and you know it's probably the not the best decision you need to make, ask yourself that. Would you do it in front of a camera? I've asked myself that question hundreds of times. And you know what? I always try to make the good decision and that is to go with it. Stick to my core beliefs. Even if it's instant gratification, take the long way sometimes. Next is you need to partner up with somebody for accountability. And what I mean by that is this. Just like when COVID happened, so many people that were working got the opportunity to work from their homes. And from me looking at numbers, most people did not live up to what the numbers were when they were inside the office because no one was holding them accountable. That's why you need a mentor. That's why you need someone pushing you in the right direction to keep learning every day, to leveling up on a daily basis. So you need to find someone that you can trust that's going to push you in the right way, in the right just like a little nudge, you know, keep doing it. Keep saying like, you know, like a coach. I've always played sports growing up. When a coach pats you on the butt, and like it's, get him, get him, big guy. You know, it's a very good feeling. That's what most people need in life. I've always been the one where like I'm a hard worker, but having a mentor, that's who I am is because of a mentor. You also, and I recently started to do this. I started the 75 hard challenge. And I did it for about 40 days, and then I got COVID. And, and I did not do it when I had COVID. So I've got to start over 75 hard again, which I've already started it again. But you have to exercise on a daily basis. I'm a little guy. I'm five foot six, 140 pounds. I got up to 170 pounds, started getting a little chunky. So I made a decision that I want to live longer. I made a decision where I want to watch my kids and grandkids grow old, grow old with Stephanie as well. So exercising on a daily basis makes you feel so much better. I was never the one to consistently work out. I'd do it for a day, quit, day, quit. And this time doing it for 40 days made me feel so good about myself. So I promise you by pushing yourself and working out, you will feel better. So make sure you work out. You know, I've been doing it seven days a week when you're doing that 75 hard challenge. And even when that challenge is over, I think I'll always work out. I, I, I sincerely do. So make sure you work out and I promise you, you'll notice the person that you feel after you do a good workout. It's amazing. You just, you feel just top. You just, ah, amazing feeling. You also have to keep learning. You know, so many people in, in every industry has this. All sales industries have this where you have that one person that's been doing it for 15, 20 years or longer and they still have average numbers. Why? 
Well, the answer is they have one days of experience multiplied by years or decades. They don't continuously learn and push themselves to get better. If you learned a rebuttal every single day, a way around that rebuttal every day for 30 days, in one month from today, you'll be 30 times as better as you are today. Imagine if you learn something, one new thing every day for a full year. One year from today, you would be 365 times better than you are today. That will raise your confidence. That will raise your self-worth. When you go, if you go to a different job, they, will, they have to pay you more money. You're going to make more money. You are making yourself and building yourself up into something better. So you have to continuously learn. If you don't like reading like me, then do an audio book. I personally love reading books. I love podcasts. I love anything that makes my mind think. And I love being creative. That's another part of my brain that I just think outside the box more than most people. So be selective of the content that you consume as well. Last month, I was training a dealership and they hired a new salesperson. And one of the salespeople that's been there for years doesn't sell that many cars and he was giving her advice on how to sell cars. Why in the world would I take advice from somebody that is not good at their job or average at their job? I would never do it. So be careful of who you take advice from because you know what? Do you want to trade places with that individual? If you don't want to trade places, then don't take advice from them. So please be selective of the person that you take and consume and get information from. Now, discipline. Discipline is crucial. Discipline is bring it, it brings structure to your life. It reduces stress. You know, I am a big fan of planning. And that comes down to discipline as well. Something that I did yesterday morning, which was December the 31st, New Year's Eve, I woke up at five o'clock like I always do. And I went, I worked out, then I went to Walmart. And the reason why I went to Walmart is I bought a new notebook that is titled on the very front 2024. It's 200 pages. I took about 30 minutes of my time and I wrote down every single date for six straight months for the entire year. The last few pages was like uh, broke down into months. So I understand by planning and having discipline that I'm going to accomplish my goals. Here next to me right now is I have a huge dry erase board. On there are goals. And it has a one, two, three, four, and five-year goal of what my company, me and my wife's company, is going to accomplish. You need to do the same thing with your life. You need to be have discipline. You need to be prepared. You need to have organization. And if you do, you are going to succeed. You cannot wake up every day of your life just hoping something just osmosis kicks in. It doesn't work that way. You have to take pride in what you do and responsibility. You have to do that. Now, the next thing is you have to evaluate your social circle. And what I mean by that is the friends that you have today, you need to ask yourself, are they helping you? If they're not helping you become to become a better person, are they really your friends? The answer is no. If you have a drinking problem and all your friends drink and you're trying to quit, hanging out with them is not going to be the best thing to do. It's not. So you need to be careful of who you hang around. It sounds shallow, but you are going to have to cut some people loose as you start moving in the right direction. And I want you to start moving in the right direction. You are going to start moving in the right direction. If you're listening to this podcast, you want more. So please, please cut some people off. It sounds terrible. But it is the truth, and I've done that with many people in my life. Now, the next thing is staying mentally engaged. So many people hit a uh, speed bump, hit a little, uh, and then they literally just they check out for a week or two. You cannot be that person. You cannot be the person that literally, you know, you, you should not allow anyone 
to have the power to influence you to have a bad day. If you want to have a good day, then you need to make it a good day. You cannot give the power to anybody to allow you to not accomplish what you want to accomplish, and that's your goals. That's terrible. So please, this year, if you want to accomplish something, make it happen. Now, we've been talking for about an hour and four minutes. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope that uh, you will listen to the future ones. I'm going to, uh, several times each week, make podcasts. This will probably be the only one that I don't record where you can actually watch it. Uh, I've ordered all kinds of podcast equipment, so the next ones are going to sound better. The next ones are going to have some guests, some very special people that's going to share with you their experiences in life as well. I've already reached out to a decent bit of people, and they're going to come on here with me and share with you their experiences because, again, my number one mission right now in life is to bring value and to help you and all kinds of other people, thousands of individuals, to become better people, better people at life inside and outside of work. That is my goal right now. That is, I am a man on a mission. I'm going to end it this way. A lot of people have been following me on TikTok. And I said this a lot of times, you are a good man. If you're a woman, you are amazing or you are a good woman. If you need anything, my cell phone number is 502-802-9469. I am here to help you. I am here to help you become a better person, to accomplish more in your life, to push yourself. So if you need a mentor or someone to help you in any way, shape, or form, I want to be that person. It would be an honor. So... You all have a great 2024. I am going to start going live on social media a lot more. So if you need anything, please reach out to me. It's been an absolute pleasure making this video, this episode, the first one of many. And I wish everybody the best. Have a great day.